1: Like scary movies,
0: Sydney. We're all afraid
1: of the same. Death, pain, injury, all of it is the same. Which makes a movie that deals in our fear.
2: Once again and welcome back to do you like scary movies a podcast series exploring the rise of horror from the black and white silent days to the blood red feature lengths that so greet us today I'm one of your hosts along this journey, Jordan Paul, an actor and photographer and horror fanatic. And joining me again, as usual, is writer, director, and horror hesitant what? Theo
3: Trainer. Not horror hesitant. Have I lost my torture porn star Silas You are no longer
2: torture porn star. It's been years since the feature, darling. <sighs> How have you been, Theo? It's been a few weeks since we sat down like this with a microphone in between us and talked about little things that make us
1: squeal.
2: Ooh.
3: Um that was oh god i'm okay yes. is. i'm glad <laughs> i'm okay what have you been up to it's been a busy busy time in the last two weeks oh this earning pretty... money <laughs> burning money honey <laughs> not burning it um earning and then, spending and then seeing a couple movies we've been to the cinema a lot yeah we saw barbie and we saw uh, talk to me talk to me i we're like seeing
2: we're seeing Insidious tonight. We're seeing tonight. The red door. I'm excited. Mm. I don't have a red door at the front of my house, so I don't feel like I will relate to Neither the red do I. Mine's, we'll more of, mine's
3: more of a brown red.
2: My shed is it's brown. It's brown. I don't know it. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's red. 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 maybe no, it's because, because it's, it's raining. raining. No, it's the other way around. <laughs> my shed is red, but no, no I don't
3: no, know what It's brown. It maybe it's because it's <laughs> raining.
2: Um, Sorry. That was just Theo being quirky years ago that we'll never forget. <laughs> um, so. Um, what have I been up to the past week? I've done a show as an actor. It feels good to say I've done a show. Um, right. I had a bereavement in the family, hence the delays. Um, my poor little horror fan, Jessie, sadly passed away 12 years young. Um, like she was a dog, by the way. Yeah. Um, But hurt like a, hurt like a human, so. Mm. um, She used to watch horror films with me and she loved them, so. Which was her favorite? Her favorite is Saw. What? She loved the Saw films. I think there was something in the music <laughs> Every time I would like play dun, dun, dun. Like Hello Zed, like she would like her ears would go up. Oh, she's like, she oh my excited. favorite. She went, oh, oh, jigsaw, jigsaw. did not speak, no, because she was a dog. But but whenever if, we if would record spoke, him here, she would we, like
3: look in to see who was there. She, she would wanted right.
2: exclusives, yeah. She would come up to the wee window of the conservatory door and go, who's there? Oh, oh, it's her. Right, heard. okay. Then she'd walk away. She up. always had something to add, <laughs> and she was great. But now we have little Albert. I got a new dog. I don't like not having a dog, so. Albert is now our horror fan icon and he loves to bite just like a fucking
3: villain. Well, he may learn to like He's horror. He's a puppy, so it's fine. <laughs> Anyways,
2: um, last episode, last time we sat down and talked like this, we talked torture porn and the second renaissance. We chatted all about torture porn. We talked asshole. we talked Human Centipede, we talked hostile. we talked about James Wan, we talked about The Conjuring and we talked about Blumhouse Productions. It was the first time. Second time, we sort of talked about a major studio and how they had their foot firmly in the mud of horror. Um, any big takeaways, anything that's still sort of notable?
3: It's been three weeks for us. It's been a little season break. Yeah, I'm, um, like, racking my brain. It was a fun episode. I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> we had a lovely <laughs> after. Uh, um, takeaways. Takeaways. Uh, takeaways. Thoughts on Twitch, Point. Uh How Blumhouse redominated really the really horror did. genre they for... almost saved
2: the horror genre right. at the end of, you know... I feel like after Human Centipede, after the sort of torture porn lust era mm-hmm. um, of the notties, um, horror sort of, it lost a little bit of respect for itself there. Respect. And Blumhush really brought that back with a lot of features that were bringing not only young audiences into horror, but also older ones. And it was really, I don't want to say it, it sounds cringe, but it was making horror a family experience. A
3: family! Which is what we love to see. To be fair, the James Wan movie, some of them, Feel like a, a, I have a feeling I'm gonna see *Insidious*. I'm gonna be like, "This is such like a, I don't know what you mean, like a family." It's always film. About like a, it's to a traumatic watched, family moment. Yeah, like yeah. oh, this is a like. Talk to me was um. Talk to me was very disturbing. <laughs> it was disturbing. It was very young and very youthful. But
2: we'll we'll get onto that. I'm anyway, gonna talk yeah. a little bit about that later. Was, yeah. Um. So we've caught up. We're currently we've caught up to the Blumhouse era, which is sort of mid 2010s. So. With such little time left to cover, let's get right to it. So, set your memory back a little for me. The year is 2015. Cinema staff are picking up cucumbers left and right for the release of Fifty Shades of Grey. And Hamilton opens on Broadway, causing record-breaking ticket prices. An entire generation of thespians thinking they can rap. With all of the madness, horror fans are dialing down and going back to their roots, ready to visit New England in the 17th century. The Witch premiered at the Sundance Film Festival on January 27th 2015 and was wildly released by A24 on February 19th 2016. It's about a devoutly religious family who is torn apart after the youngest member, a baby named Samuel, goes missing under unexplained circumstances. The eldest daughter, Thompson becomes a scapegoat for the family's troubles through the true source of their woes is much more sinister. It's an excellent film, and it's the first feature written and directed by Robert Eggers, who went on to bring instant classics such as The Lighthouse and The Northman. I would go as far to credit Eggers with the rebirth of the folk subgenre of horror in recent years, with nuanced cinematography, subjective and bold lighting choices, he gave a new insight into traditional stories, and inspired an array of amateur and professional artists such as Ari Aster's Hereditary and Midsommar. Let's talk a little bit about folk horror! I yeah,
3: enjoyed the, um, the spelling in the, <laughs> that little script. So I, like I like how rough and it's rush. like, they can wrap, it, they up. Can wrap up presents, yeah. little gifts! <laughs> Um, um The so, Witch. The Witch. The Vivitch. The Vivitch. The Vavitch? I have on this movie I don't remember. I don't know why. Gasp! Girl. And it's right up my alley. Like, I love a good historical horror movie. I love the Vivitch. So, um it was A24 produced. We're gonna talk I... a
2: little bit about that in a minute. Um, but it was the one that was produced. Um, the film is entirely spoken in New England dialect. Yeah. So it is almost a wee bit hard to understand for, you know, simpletons, not us, <laughs> because we're so Clever <laughs> uh, Our IQs are all Above 190 right. So we're very um, Very int- well, They're not I don't know Do you know your IQ oh,
3: No Who knows your IQ Only people Maybe who are like oh. It was
2: 146 Last time I done the Online test I think
3: I'm similar I paid to find out It's not so sad Oh wait yeah, No I, I lied I have tried it before I don't remember it But I remember oh, it being Something I was 146 about, so I, I don't that. know And I went Fuck me I'm smart Because I think
2: Einstein was 152
3: <laughs> Okay
2: I'm almost as <laughs> smart As Albert Einstein Smarter some would say But okay. um <laughs> It, for the production of this film, I remember um, I was really in my horror era here, you know. This was 2015, I just just gotten Facebook, and I was in all my little horror group chats. Right. And we were all talking about, I remember it so vividly, just like it was yesterday. Just, oh, eight years ago. Back in the day. Whoa. Mad, isn't it, how far <laughs> we've came? But I remember there was a lot of, like, not discourse, there was a lot of commentary on how they fully built the set in the middle of the woods.
3: Okay. Discru- and.
2: I don't think discourse was the right word. That's why I said not discourse. Okay. Um, but a lot of people were very excited and a lot of people were very like, oh, this is new, this is different, this is deadly. Because, and that's what I want to get on to, A24 films, A24 films, they really love to give create, no, they give complete creative freedom and com- complete creative control to the director and to the production company. They're not there for the money, they're there for the art. How lovely. And it's really inspiring to see after the sort of um, slasher commercialisation, the capitalisation of horror. It's really lovely to see it sort of take a turn in the other direction and go back to the art and for the craft. As as an actor, I think my dream is to be in an A24 movie. I want to see myself in that nice lighting with the neon backgrounds. (laughs) I want to see myself silhouetted with a fucking knife coming towards my head. I want to be in an A24 film. Mm-hmm. You could close so, up of your face, so up. face. Good. Yeah. Talk to me. Talk to me. I let you in. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, right, that's. First of all, folk horror. It's a subgenre that brings in elements of folklore. Yeah? Yeah. Typical elements include a rural setting, which yeah. we got in The Witch, isolation, which we got in The Witch. Themes of superstition, which we got in the witch, folk religion, which we got in the witch, paganism, which we got in the witch, sacrifice, which we also got, got in the, in the witch.
3: witch, and the dark aspects of nature, which, which we got, got in the, the witch. witch. The witch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 also nice whenever you said scapegoat. Was that like a? Was that you? It was a ha ha. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Billy, Billy, good. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: I thought I was quite good. No, I was quite good. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, that was actually quite creepy. Folk horror. I remember that now. Folk horror. Um, I really like it. I Is really it like something it so that
2: horror? resonates with you,
3: folk horror? Why?
2: I don't know. I just do feel like, I, I, I really enjoy folk horror, but I feel like if I was from a countryside home, it would speak a lot more to me. But I'm not
3: from a countryside home. I live 10, near the country.
2: For you. Nearer to me. <laughs> <laughs> um... These aren't my ends. I'm not from these ends. But, um... Shut up. You've grown here I'm mostly. a city boy. I'm a city boy, mama. Take me in the big city. Um... Suburban. I feel like, yeah, if I lived in a little country farm, you know, isolated, it would really scare the shit clean out of me a lot more. Uh-huh. Um, but I feel like living in the city most of my life, it's something I haven't... Oh, but we really love a creepy asked. forest walk. We do, but we have to drive to get to the forest, which is an <laughs> <the real> issue. <laughs> 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 we don't live beside the forest. Um... I enjoy a a folk horror for what it's worth. I I must say, I enjoy. I enjoy how grounded they are. That doesn't sound real or sincere. (laughs) Um, I enjoy that we don't have to fully suspend our disbelief in this, you know, this demon or this devil or Uh these fucking things flying left to right. We don't have to suspend our disbelief in this monster crawling out of the ocean. You know, we don't have to spend our disbelief in this alien hovercraft coming down and crashing and killing everyone. We don't have to believe none of that. We just have to believe what we see. Yeah, and there's something quite
3: nuance, like frightening about that. It's very that. Let's talk
2: about Midsummer. I feel, I feel like you really like Midsummer. I really do. I'm not Midsummer. the biggest fan. I've seen it once or twice. I've um, seen it once. It didn't It didn't hit a bone with me. It didn't. It didn't, you know.
3: Well, um, it's very, almost, no one can hear you scream, Shining, like, <laughs> a cab stranded in the middle of nowhere. Um, it's a folk horror. <laughs> it's a folk horror. Well, that's, like, a big thing in the horror genre anyway. Like, Friday the 13th. Yeah. Like, as I said, The Shining. Um, no, I really liked it. I thought it was quite, I like the surreal, like, oh, are they in drugs? <laughs> they were in drugs. They were? Yeah, I feel like she was, like, drugged up lots of times. It's a metaphor for something. Yeah. Um, um, uh, and there was nothing that supernatural about it, was it? No, I can't remember, really. I've only seen it once. It's Swedish, isn't it? It's Swedish! Yeah. Sweden? It was just very much a cult, doing fucked up, heinous you know, things. things. Recruiting and shit, and sacrificing. Did they have So it, it seemed real. Um, they had lovely little flower gowns, <laughs> and white clothing that was, was fashionable. No. Oh. I ASOS? think no, I think they just knitted it in their wee huts. Oh, crochet? Mm, I don't know. Can you crochet? I can't crochet, no. Oh, wait, no, I think I. in the game, no, I think I, I, I was taught how to crochet once by a housemate. Oh, that's
2: iconic. I've never attempted to crochet, but I can knit. And I like <laughs> <swim. laughs> I never attempted to crochet, but I can knit. I can knit. I can make a jumper, I can make a
3: scarf. That's quite difficult. Are you... I'm skilled, I'm well versed in the knitting world. You can knit a sleeve. You can knit a body. You can knit another sleeve. I can knit them all. And sometimes I walk into
2: the old women craft class and they tremble. They say, "That's Jordan Paul. He can knit." Oh. And I get my knitting needles out and I go, but "I'm fucking ready, I can." And I make two jumpers on the spot, just like that. Wow. Have you been on? Great it's s- a folk horror in itself. Me. I haven't yet. Judging it. Oh, I will be soon. A <laughs> <laughs> knitting episode. Lovely. I did not. It was a show, but I
3: phantom fresh. fresh Is it a horror? Yeah, I think it's quite scary. Oh, you would? Yeah. Who's on it? I don't know. Put Paul Hollywood or something. No.
2: He's quite scary. Anyways, <laughs> where are we? Where are we going? Um, something I want to talk about. Uh huh. And I want to sort of open this idea now that we're reaching the sort of recent years of horror into the present. Um, I want to talk about. I want to talk about the idea of isolation in horror, the idea of being on your own, no one to depend on. No one to come and see if you, no one to even hear you scream. I want to open this discussion about what it is to be alone and what that taps into us. You know, we watch these films, usually in cinemas, if not at home with another person. Horror, I will say, I will go as far as saying, is a very social genre. You never really sit and watch it alone unless you're... Fucked up. um, Don't point at me. (laughs) um, Yeah, unless you're a
3: big avid fan, like oneself, Um, but we saw a man by himself seeing that movie yesterday. Not yesterday, two days ago. Did we? Yeah, he was in the row in front of us. He was watching that. The core. Crutch fan. No. 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 <laughs> no. Fucking <laughs> okay, give me a That's, it be, no. we'll, we'll get yeah, on to we to talk a wee bit about talk
2: to me in a little minute. Okay. Um, But I want to open this dialogue because... <laughs> We're not oblivious. We know what 2020 brought us. It wasn't wanted. It wasn't welcome, but it brought us nonetheless. lasted a good two years, had a little stint. Um, We had the pandemic. We had the (gasps) lockdown, which (gasps) was so isolating and such a traumatic time for so many. And in a way, we, we always talk on this podcast, especially about life imitating art, you know, we talk about everything to do with that. Should be the title of the series. Literally, that <laughs> like imitates art, a deep dive into the horror genre. Um, but oh, no. never mind. Um, do you think, in a weird, meta way, that the things of isolation that were being explored from, I'll say, 2015 onwards in horror were almost setting us up to live in a pandemic world? Oh, you think it was... Have I went full conspiracy on oh, this? Do you think it was all set up was, yeah, as a marketing was scheme for... It was all a marketing ploy for lockdown.
3: Uh-huh. Um,
2: no, I just feel like... Do you think that made lockdown worse?
3: All these, these horrors you made- were
2: about people being isolated and on their own, and then you, you were forced into isolation, literally. You couldn't leave the house, you couldn't socialise. Obviously, you had I was your crying. Zoom and your FaceTime <laughs> and your WhatsApp video calls, but we're going to get Our on quizzes. to that in a minute. We used to do a weekly quiz,
3: and it was great. I usually won. Um... I did.
2: Don't take it away. I did usually win.
3: I think I need. Who took? Hmm, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember the scores. I'm sorry. We never had a leaderboard because we used to drink doing them, and I think we were all fucked by the end. Oh,
2: that's quite sad. Yeah, I remember going to big Tesco. <laughs> you know, it's a trip when you go to the big Tescos. I, well, I used love. to go every Friday to the big Tescos Friday noon, and I would go, and you know, the police would be like doing the rides being sure you were only doing essential visits and I was just what? going for my 12 pocket WKD for the quiz.
3: <laughs> I'm getting groceries
2: from my nan. I'm I was pulled over by the police that's right and that's what I told them but no I just bought easter eggs. <laughs> <laughs> she really needs some. So speaking of isolation and obviously what we were comfortable with in the pandemic I want to lead to something else. So Another leading subgenre of horror in the recent wave has been screen life. Used in films such as Unfriended, Host, and Missing, it's a massive trend linking horror to Skype and FaceTime and technology, something we all, especially younger generations, are linked to today in the past horror tapped into current fears and obsessions of society we saw this with the alien invasion of horror in a time when ufo sightings were at an all-time high and we saw it again after the wars at the turn of the century with torture porn taking front and center in the horror genre as a reflection of the trauma brought home with veterans in a post-lockdown world with everything moved online it only makes sense that horror moved with so screen life that is the i'm gonna say official term (laughs) Give to you, you know those type of films. Yeah, I don't like them. Oh, oh. <laughs>
3: bold! We haven't got there yet.
2: Okay. <laughs> what? Wait, no, no. Why? Why? Why
3: I, do you not like them? Nothing draws me to. You mean the ones that looks like it's been screen recorded? Always. Yeah. Uh, There's something quirky. a big part of horror I like is like the cinematography of it. Sometimes I feel like you can achieve cinematography. I mean, it. okay. I just never it's been a style drawn of to cinematography. any of them. I mean, it's like a subgenre of. Of a subgenre, found footage, right? Yeah, essentially. Kind of. um Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't think I've seen any of them. I seem like some of them friended. I think, and I was like, okay. It wasn't uh, very effective for me. Just.
2: I will say a lot of them, a lot of these screen live horror films do, to me, lean on the more capitalisation side of horror. They seem Capitalize. to be money grabs that come out in the month that of October. <laughs>
3: Yeah, Yeah. low cost, big turn around. I just can't imagine sitting in a cinema and a fucking windows. (laughs) (laughs) Like Skype comes up. I don't know. You're like, oh, "Oh, oh, oh, guys, who's on the call with us? No, who is that? It's not funny, Jason. (laughs) And she goes, oh, like, pulled into the darkness. (laughs) And they're like,
2: oh my God, what happened to Stephanie? What happened to Stephanie? (laughs) Someone call her. Is she okay? Her Wi-Fi might have dropped. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're—I will say—they're uh, niche tears, uh-huh. but I do think they're very important to the okay. to the genre. I'm not to buy it. I think it's so fucking interesting. Sorry, <laughs> big horror fan here. I love how, as society ages, this genre ages with it. You
3: know. like
2: <laughs> obviously it happens in every genre. You know, romance films move from meeting someone in a bar to meeting them on Tinder. You know. Um, everything like that. But horror does it in such a current way. Ooh. I've not once seen a rom-com <laughs> used in a screen life format. Have you? Oh, you imagine? Wait. It's no. only FaceTimes. You don't get that. You don't get a drama. No. The same. It's only left for the darker genres, horror, thrillers. I saw a really amazing one recently. I just mentioned there. Missing, it was called. It was a thriller oh. sort of horror vibes. Right. Um... And, and it was a screen life and it was about this uh girl who was around our age, who was early twenties, maybe a bit earlier, maybe younger I meant, not earlier. Um, and her parents went on holidays, I think to Mexico. It was in America, <laughs> they were born of California. And it was like the mum had like a new fella and he was like treating her in Mexico and she was a bit like, Oh, like nervous. She was like, I hate you mum and she like dropped them off at the airport and like they went and she didn't really text or anything. She had a big party and everything. It was great. And then okay. um, she went to, like, pick her mum up to the airport and her mum wasn't there. She was like, where's my mum? Where's mommy? Where's mommy?" And then she, like, phones... Mummy to Mexico a sore back. <laughs> 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 she can't get a hold of her mum. And she calls the hotel. And the hotel were like, yeah, like, we just checked their room. Like, they haven't checked out all their stuff still there. But they haven't, like, been here in, like, four days. saying, what the fuck? Um, it's a whole big ordeal drama. And this scene. is on
3: lots of twists screen. screen life I don't understand so what is it she's filming is she on it's basically Skype?
2: like a, it looks like a screen no cause she has a MacBook product placement honey so she's oh. on FaceTime she's on iMessage she's on oh Sabari. so it's not always like her face is it sometimes it's the screen no there's like loads of tabs open at once but like just changes at like what one's at the front oh that's so interesting because there's loads of things as well where she isn't what really interested me about this it was the first time I'd seen this in screen life I may have missed it I'm sure I've missed it in others but it was the first time I noticed it it was it was action taking place in the room but we were only seeing it through that webcam on Skype okay do you know what I mean right like we were we were they were playing to the camera but we were watching it almost like a fly on the wall yeah it was like we hacked into your computer just to see your life
3: yeah you know I got a spam email about that one time oh no yeah. It was, was that a for you? It was um, literally just, you know that Batman Mirror episode? hmm it, it was essentially near enough the script. <laughs> well, no, of like, you know, like, we've been on your webcam and we know what you've been That's watching. That's copyrighted, I hope. I oh, you know. It was, was my junk, I of salt laughed. Did you go, ha ha Delete! <laughs> <laughs> <"Late." laughs>
2: <laughs> sent to archive! Um, so yeah, do you think, I mean, obviously I know you think no, but I was going to say, do you think, like, in the current era that we're in, screen life is going to be that definitive genre that really takes the format forward?
3: No? I don't know. I mean, you I ex- the way that... you explain Missing Sorry. sounds a bit better than what I've seen. It missing's of... very good. I wasn't mean, So I, I don't know what you've like, enjoyed. Um,
2: so. I will say that I do imagine that in 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever years, <laughs> in a few years, <laughs> um, we will look back fondly on the... Years leading up to lockdown, and really believe that it's folk horror countries. established itself as the leading subgenre of horror at the of time. Fo- okay, I would say we have it with hereditary, we have it with a lot of Ari Aster work, we have it with a lot of A24 films, which is what I want to get onto now. It's not in the script. I see you looking. Oh, um, I want to talk about A24. Okay, where the fuck they come from? How I the fuck are they probably the most successful film production company? at this current time. I know. In terms of do you want me to tell you? Oh, yeah, well, I know yeah. this. Um, I was say, is that <laughs> they started way back in, sort of, I'm gonna say around 2009, around that sort of age, and they started as a distribution company rather than a production company.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: So they didn't make films. They sourced films at film festivals, bought the rights in them, distributed them, Massively. <laughs> and, um, so they started out doing really well. It wasn't until the release of Moonlight 2016. <gasps> what? Yeah. That was their first produced film. That was the first what? film that A24 made. I don't know. And it's very, very distinctive now. You know when you're watching an A24 film. Okay. You know the use yeah. of neon lights, the use of very silhouetted figures, the use of very distinct was distinctive, subjective lighting, um... I love A24 at the minute. I have a really lovely place in my heart and
3: mind for them.
2: Like, what, what are like your thoughts the... at the minute of A24? Um,
3: I I don't know how many movies I've seen because now that you've said Moonlight I'm like I didn't know that was A24. Well, Do you I... know what else is there?
2: 24 you would never believe? What? Euphoria TV series. Oh. That's A24. I didn't know that. It's my A24. What with their the fingers fuck? in all the fucking pies. They're really doing bits here and there and everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere all at once was also A24. Well, okay, then they're great, all
3: right? They're they're just... re- they right,
2: they're really are doing everything, and they're slowly but surely taking over the film, TV, media industry. Uh-huh. If they want to sponsor the podcast, they can.
3: Give us some <laughs> of that cash. Well, wait, hold on. Let me see what they have done here. Spring Breakers, that's so funny. Isn't that not that? So that was their first film that they really is saw. that not like selena it's selena Gomez ah oh, that's yeah. so funny that's the fact that they went from that to like
2: i don't know but see that was the first indie 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 film that done massively well because of a24 right okay that's the thing
3: yeah i've heard of yeah these this mm-hmm. are... oh my god wait no way you know that movie tusk yeah a24 <laughs> is that the mo- is that what i think that is yeah, it is. That's a fucking weird movie. Man with a walrus, I've not seen I've just seen a lot of, it's bits very of long. it. I watched it once and I was like, what the fuck is this? I, what no thank you. No, not for you. Um it just but seems funny. Specifically I wanna talk It turns today. into a uh, walrus anyway. Spoilers <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point of it. <laughs> it
2: tossed became like twenty fourteen spoilers. Um I wanna talk Amy specifically Wyners. about oh the sort of horror vibes of A twenty four. What have you seen? What have you enjoyed, what have you indulged in?
3: Uh, off the top of my head that I know what right, A24 are mm-hmm. the two Ari Aster movies well, he has three now but I haven't seen the third one what is um, the third one? Bo is Afraid I haven't seen that yet heard it's... mixed things really? yeah oh sorry. no third you can't have three hits so yes I real. um what else so I lo- I really enjoyed both of them um the one that we just saw yesterday not two, day, uh, two days ago whatever you call that Talk to Me Talk um, to Me and... I Funny like out, I'm, just, I'm just naming horror movies. I haven't seen Lighthouse, have you? Yes, it's very, very good. It, what Blast is that? style. It's Robert Patton's Is it? Or I else. know, yeah. It's like, yeah. Is it horror? Fucking
2: incredible. Horror thriller vibes. Oh, okay. I would lean more to thriller, but it's very fucking good. Very intense. Which I believe is why it got the horror label. Okay. I really like it. So I, I want to talk that. about... It. First of all, I want to tell you that my favourite A24 horror film is Man... Men, I've seen bodies, bodies, bodies. Well, men, 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 men. that's not a theme tune. I'll let you have your
3: moments <laughs> there. Um, I love men, <laughs>
2: men, mwah, men. Uh, you think I was the gay in the podcast, but I'm not. Men is such a good <gasps> movie. Jesse Buckley, Rory Kinnear, who plays all the fucking meal rules, and they use CGI to like differentiate him. He plays like a little boy. He plays um, like an old priest. Lie. He plays like. He plays like a big oh, last rat in the pub. Oh. He plays like a landlord. He plays it oh, all. Ah. He does it really, really well. And man follows the story of Jesse Buckley's character. Character name here. And I've forgotten it. Oh, Sorry. Uh, basically after her boyfriend, husband, fiance vibe, kills himself in London. They live in London. Oh, where in London, London really is. They live on the Thames. Oh, just past Tower Bridge on the other side. And what was mad to me... I had moved out of London by the time I saw the film. Right. Um, I was a little late to the man party. <laughs> yeah. orgy, <Starchy, laughs> honey, and um, I used to walk where they filmed the film. <gasps> like the filming location of her house was like a, where I would walk with my little silly earphones and playing FKA Twigs, and I was like, <laughs> "This is so mad. This is so me." You yeah. Listen to Capri songs in London. Listen to Capri songs. Hey. I made I you a mixtape. You can ride, ride, buddy, ride, ride, <laughs> ride. <laughs> br- 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 because when I feel you, I, I feel, feel man. Starring Jesse Buckley, <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good movie. And basically she goes to like this little country farm retreat to like protect her mental health and like heal. And fuck, does everything go wrong? Oh, it's a good film. It's a great, great. film. Um, um, okay. I really love it. So we'll have a list now. A okay. twenty-four. <laughs> I. I'm really enjoying what they're doing at the minute. I'm really excited for what they're coming out We just saw Talk to Me. Right, A24 distributed. Um first of all, I want to say how many production companies were on that film. Oh, <laughs> we were we got through full credits for 5 minutes of every production company you can ever think say a of. We were part of
3: it a minute and a half maybe. Well, yeah, I was exaggerating. No, that. yeah, I know, but like, for real, but that's still for a lot real, of, yeah. Australian movie. Like, I'm to the just... point where we, we
2: had already, like, sat in the uncomfortable of this is still going on. We then commented, like, oh, there's a lot of production
3: companies in this. Yeah. And that still went on for another minute. I mean, like, it's very Australian, we said. Like, <laughs> very Australian. I didn't even know that. I didn't watch yeah. any Drillers. Neither. And, and I they really started being it. like, hi. <laughs> Have you seen. Have you the... seen. Ted? Ted? Have you seen him? Have you seen Ted? No fam, who the fuck is Ted? <laughs> yeah, so he's in his room, he won't open the door.
2: <laughs> he won't open it. Ted, open the door now, I'm busting the door down.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> how it opened. It was a well really done.
2: good film. Uh, it was about <laughs> this en- bombed hand of... Well, allegedly
3: a medium, supposedly a bomb Um, bomb.
2: it was apparently a medium, and you basically held it, said, "Talk to me." A wee spirit appeared, and you said, "I let you in." You'd be possessed for like ninety seconds till your made it close the portal. Blah, blah blah. Yeah, it was like a um, game that they played, and they all laughed. Very reminiscent of, of like you know, like little school spirit games. Like we talked right. in the car home about Charlie Charlie. Yeah, we all played Charlie Charlie, which was an alleged Mexican <sighs> demon who could only answer <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> and
3: then it was just but like, like no wind a wind blow. And then I don't <laughs> think ah, you you said blow. yes.
2: Charlie, what do you answer? <laughs> Um <laughs> So it was very reminiscent of that. And what I liked is, obviously there were older characters, you know, the mum, the dad, the, mom the was police great. officer, the mum was amazing. Um, but it was very much a young person, not a young person movie, about young people. It was like all very house party setting. It was very like, where your parents have went for the weekend, let's play this talk to me game. round. Right. It was really good.
3: Yeah. It was really good. Obviously, the game goes wrong once. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. Um, the whole movie is that. But what, I would, what I would say... What? It's 4.7 stars
2: for me out of 5. Because, green yeah.
3: representation? Not much. Oh, well... Can't we not have a game? What are you talking about? Because I think... Give us a game! I mean, it wasn't explicitly said, but I feel like the the yeah, person who um, was he setting was giving up the hand... It was giving they them. Yeah, they, they were definitely, or maybe just like a more, Butch. I don't know, a masculine person. <laughs> yeah, Lee's I know. Doing I. Body moving, movement, body, body moving, body moving.
2: We need her on the pod. I mean, she would love this thing. I don't um. know. <laughs> or she would. So with that, I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. On the 14th of August 1975, a pair of bright red lips appeared on screen for the first time and welcomed the world to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, an absurdist musical comedy based on the stage show following a young engaged couple whose car breaks down in the rain near a castle where they seek a telephone to call for help. The castle or country home is occupied by strangers in elaborate costumes celebrating an annual convention. They discover the head of the house is Dr. Frank Enferder, an apparently mad scientist who actually is an alien transvestite from the planet Transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania who created a living muscle man named Rocky in his laboratory. The movie is perhaps the campest ever to be created, and with it being credited with the longest cinematic release of any film ever, 47 years and counting, the Rocky Horror Picture show was a definitive move representing queerness, not only in horror, but in cinema as a whole. The effect of Rocky Horror on pop culture has been profound. (laughs) Originally released to mass criticism and poor box office performance, the film found cult status within the queer community, with midnight showings of the film becoming commonplace around the US and UK. These showings were packed out with queer people, celebrating themselves with a piece of media that they felt represented in. The experience of watching Rocky Horror has evolved to me, with many showings having people dressed up as characters from the film, participating in the film itself through callbacks and quotes, with unique traditions followed in different cinemas where it's shown. Rocky! <laughs> what are your thoughts? I love the Rocky Horror show. I'm like. going to see it on Monday. <laughs> the Opera House. I'm so excited. I'm in the stalls. This really turned Um It'll be my third or fourth time seeing the once. live show. Um, and I've watched the movie far too many times. Throughout. I've seen the movie twice. Have you I've never seen, seen a midnight showing of the film. I've never seen the film, the film with a group of people. I have never seen the film with a group of people, technically. I I went to a midnight screening in oh. London. Um, and in, I believe darling. it's called the Prince Edward Cinema, maybe. It's just off Leicester Square. Um, you'll know it. They had done a midnight screening a <laughs> few years back, and I went solo. Um, because all my mates are boring and straight. And, no, I'm just sure whatever. Um, it's just someone, and it was amazing. Boyfriend. I made so many friends that night, and I, f- no one I stayed in contact. Yeah, with. temporary. But um, it was amazing. I felt so queer and so supported. <laughs> That's so and queer. and I just felt like. Did you ever feel like Rocky Horror literally lifted every single stress I'd ever had off my shoulders and just floated me up for two and a half hours?
3: Yeah, and I was. Well, did so anyone horrible. um, was it very involved? Was everyone yes. doing their thing? There some people
2: dressed up. It was like a little shadow cast moment, and everyone and was screaming the lines. Was screaming the lines. It was just oh, what a couple of time. We all had the props. It was really what's well, a big thing such, for horror. A, such Lucky a horror. nice experience, and
3: oh, it just felt so good to be a part of something. Yeah, so we're in the queer horror part of this episode, aren't right? we? We're talking <laughs> queer, mama. Well, mother. how, how you, you said horror. I guess I've never thought of this movie in any way related to that, but I suppose it's kind of... You don't tra- think of the transvestite from Transylvania and the Galaxy of Transactions? Oh, yeah. no, <laughs> I yeah. No, no, no. I no. was like, I guess, I mean, I suppose it's not a parody. Um, it's, it is. It's a parody oh, of the B... Be, B-real. Be, be real Or B... <laughs>
2: um, science movies. fiction shows right. of the 30s to the 50s. Um, and it's amazing. You know, we have um, Tim Curry smashing it in um, the role of Dr. Frank, Frank M. Furter. We have... Um... Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Meatloaf, my rider or Meatloaf, who plays Eddie. 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 Uh, we have Patricia Quinn, Belfast's own <laughs> famous woman. <laughs> who doesn't answer her emails. Ah, oh, uh, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> we have our Story I as Magenta, Frank and British right hand. We have... Uh, lots of lots, Barry Botswick who's playing? Brad Majors Brad. we have Richard O'Brien the creator of the Sand-
3: piece S- 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 Sandra no, Sandra Bullock No. <laughs> what do you call Susan Sarandon, Sarandon, Sarandon as Janet Vice Janet Slut Slut. that's really interesting that gives <laughs> me <could> be- <No, laughs> <that's> a <laughs> thrill I'm sitting in the cinema and screaming <laughs> Slut at her, at what point do you even say that actually?
2: Um, whenever the narrator says her name for the first time. Oh my god, that's fucking. He up. goes, Brad Major, she's a asshole. He goes, Janet Vice, she's a slut. Wow. Um, Jesus. <laughs> but no, I love Rocky Horror. Um, it's currently on a world tour in theatres, so not sponsored, but get your tickets. in for a ride. It's amazing. Um, I really I
0: enjoy love Rocky it. Horror. Yeah.
2: I really
3: do. When we went we saw it live we saw it live with um, Stephen Webb as Dr. Frank N. tour. yeah who's currently still on the tour and the guy who plays Riff Raff who's been playing in ages yes came? Christian, um, Christian La- Labbard yes
2: apologies if we have not got that right but he actually I think has a Guinness Book of World Records for the most performances ever in a musical <laughs> as one character I think wow um he's been doing that for fucking years but he's so perfect I've seen him every production I've seen him play it and it's amazing I love amazing. it so much Um, good music good, good music really fun music I actually have it on vinyl that's how
3: much I like it Um, it's a limited edition glossy red I know like the lips those lips who are they again there's magenta. someone it's magenta is that? that's Patricia Quinn is it Patricia Quinn's that's lips. her lips they're iconic, my they are. They welcome us and they sing
2: science fiction double science feature. Science
3: fiction double <laughs> feature. Uh, 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 oh. It's amazing. It's
2: such a good show. I love it so much.
3: That was us. That um, was everyone last week with Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yes, it wasn't science fiction, it was double feature. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it was double feature.
2: They though. got it partly, It was half. It. So. In both actuality and conception, queer elements have been long central to the genre. There are explicit queer-centred texts in the contemporary canon, for example, Let the Right One In and Jennifer's Body, queer classic, and older classic staples, examples, or Dracula's Daughter and The Curse of the Cat People, so afloat with queer subtext, I'm lightheaded just thinking about them. In 2014, a monster from an Australian feature became a voice, a figurehead and an icon for queer people across the world. A tall, pale-faced humanoid in a top hat with long, stretched fingers, known also as the Babadook, was accepted into the Queer Hall of Fame. Many news outlets jumped on this, reluctant to understand why queer people have accepted this monster as one of its own and wrote it down to sheer attention-seeking. But what they and the majority of public opinion missed is that Mr. Babadook, as the figure is referred to in the movie, is queer in the most imperial sense. Its existence is defiance, and it seeks to break down the borders of acceptability and establishment.
3: The Babadook feel Queer I I forgot about that. Everyone I'll never forget. I almost um... I don't I almost don't understand how that happened.
2: The Babadook came to be queer gay icon. It. it was a few years after um, the movie's release. And yeah, it, was it was just some one. little funny person on Twitter, I guess. But from that joke, people actually like watched the film and they went, yeah. He's quite campy. It's queer people. <laughs> it's a top hat. He's campy. He's <laughs> the outskirts of society. He's different. He's elusive. And for so many people, for so many, for so much time, that's what where people were pushed out of society I mean, for, I mean, for being some more things. So hides in the dark in the basement. They really saw themselves in the Babadooks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he hides um, in the basement I get fed every day. Meet um, <laughs> the Babadook. Meet <laughs> the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the ba- sorry, the Babadook became an icon for gay rights worldwide.
3: That's so and funny. I was know.
2: reading an article and it was this person they said every day they struggle with not reaching for their laptop to photoshop Babadook with a brick and say because it it's Stonewall. But <laughs> the Babadook, um, nah, no. the Babadook, i it's so cringe to say, but the Babadook genuinely gave voice for queer people. <laughs> I guess
3: like, he in really the, spoke up whenever we he needed to speak up. We needed to speak. <laughs> we needed a voice, and he was there. Um, I guess in a more
2: metaphorical, elusive, nuanced way than oh. Rocky Horror. Right. Um, we but, saw ourselves in the Babadook, but anytime- we recognized traits, and we recognized those traits to be similar to queer people and how queer people exist and queer people live. And from that joke came almost a recognisable quality in a horror villain. And then through that, we realised that so many camp villains of horror's history have been queer, and they've been pushed out for that exact reason. And I feel like that's why, as queer people, the two of us, I don't know if you use the term queer. I'm not gay. Oh, sorry. I need to rename the podcast. Um what? So, as queer people, yeah. we <laughs> relate so hard to horror villains and I feel like that's why the genre holds such a place oh yeah for us <laughs> more so than
3: our straight counterparts there was okay this is a bit sidetracked kind of but there is this you, when you know Trixie Mattel I know of her when she <laughs> I, I saw this couple on TikTok she was streaming a game right? Die. a game it's called Dead by Daylight Have been, horror, I've heard of that it's a horror game where you, you basically it's like, think of it as like hide and seek but like <laughs> it's like a hor- you, the person oh, plays a horror scary. villain like okay. trying to find people or whatever. Um, there was this like kid that joined, and he was like, "Why is there so many gay people on this game?" And then Trixie actually gave a good, I think what you just said, basically like explanation about yeah. why people love like why it's such a gay community video game is because like, yeah, gay people or queer people even we see themselves, we relate, find solace in the horror yeah. genre. I think should show you like, that video. I was like, it was like funny, but it was also like so true. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, right. think of it like, when was the first gay rom com? Last year, two years I ago. Don't know. When was the gay gay rom-, rom? Oh, didn't do well, but it was the first gay rom com. Was it gay people are featured in rom coms? Gay people are not featured a really in dramas. Rom com. Uh, that's a comedy age. It oh, out, I don't remember. Um, in a world where. Gay people have been the arts. Gay people are the arts. oh you arts want to make musical theatre, be gay and Jewish. <laughs> exactly, and you'll succeed. But if you want for so long, write. queerness was pushed out of the mainstream and it became this absurdist thing. And That horror. was a direct quote, by the way. Horror mm-hmm. was the only thing that queer people could relate to in cinema. Okay. And to me, that's part of the reason why horror has done so well. Right.
3: I was going to say something else, but I've forgotten now. It's because I'm so insightful Yeah this just happens a lot yeah. I'm breaking down my brain Is that a quote from Falsettos
2: about being gay and Jewish?
3: No it was uh Leonard Bernstein <gasps> Bernstein um, I think I don't know Or it was one of the classic quotes. Gay and Jewish musical theatre <laughs> the the
2: um, So we're up to speed Are We've we? talked Universal Monsters We've talked the first renaissance, we've talked the atomic age, the second renaissance, we talked slasher, we've talked the dark age, we talked tortured porn, we talked the second renaissance, we talked the Blumhouse and A24 generations, we've talked every, <laughs> not even every sub-show, but we haven't touched on half of them, but we've given insight to where we're at now with horror. Give me an example. I don't actually don't know. <laughs> I was thinking. Of what? Of
3: a genre we haven't even talked about. I can't we even think. We haven't talked about psychological horror. Oh,
2: my faves. Um... Well, we'll get into that in a special episode in the fortnight. Oh. So, we're off to oh. speed, okay? Yeah. We've got three episodes of this series left for you guys. We have two very special episodes, and then we have one little episode coming in three weeks' time about what's next for horror, our sort of thoughts, our predictions on what's next for horror. But next week... Right, are you just introducing is yours? ...is the first of the special episodes. Okay. okay? Theo and I, oh, being okay. the horror fans that we are, have right. decided that as a gift to you our listeners and as a gift to this the podcast um we will do a deep dive episode each it's gonna be we haven't recorded it yet it's gonna be between (laughs) 30 minutes and an hour long and we're both gonna be talking about our favorite horror film or our favorite horror franchise our favorite horror director anything of the sort it will be a deep dive into their work you're not gonna know who it is until the episode is released so head on over to our instagram at one and a half days for little hints, little sneak peeks, little teasers about what you might be in store Old for even. next Friday. And let me just tell you, it'll be fucking good. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I'm going to go first. Yep. Uh, Theo's going to go second week and then we'll have the next week a little wrap up end of series. Yeah. We're nearly there. Yeah. And after that, we have a new series. <laughs> but <laughs> More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Right. We're up to speed with horror. Thank I want to know, just before we wrap up, Theo. Okay. What has been... <laughs> Sorry, I <I've got> to... <laughs> <laughs> What? I want to know, Theo, what has been your biggest oh, takeaway... Good God. ...from this documentary-style series?
3: Say it with me. Life, Life imitate imitates art!
1: <laughs> 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 yeah,
3: yeah, I agree. I didn't <laughs> know how
2: much... Horror was directly influenced from real world events. And to me to take something so blunt and so horrifying and traumatic and make it into something even more blunt, horrifying and traumatic is true creativity in its finest form. It's a true craft is horror. And I'm so thankful for it. I feel a bit emotional. I feel like I could cry. Yeah. No more. Well, so, three more episodes left. Two deep dives and a Whole lot of
3: future. Hual. (laughs) Hual. Right. I love horror. Yeah. Do you love horror? I I love it. People are like. (laughs) So
2: that's us for this week. Make sure you get us on the Instagram at One and a Half Gays. Yes. Um, I've been Jordan Paul. I've been Theo Dreiner. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Sleep tight. Bye. Do you like scary movies, Sydney?
1: All of it is the same, which makes a movie that deals in our fears. Universal. Planning for your next trip?